Welcome, welcome to the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I will talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, musically, fresh socks and jocks and everything in between, never forgetting the talk. This is Dynamo's Dozen. So, I am here today with a good friend, uh, a friend of the podcast too, you may remember, my good buddy Adam Burke, who appeared on one of the one of the first, I do believe you may have been five or six actually, Adam, so. Yeah. And today, you're number 50. There you go. Nice yeah. round number. Nice round number. But I'll give you your intro, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're a man about intros. For anybody that hasn't heard um, Adam's podcast before, we are going to get into it. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a very important podcast um, for me, but I think it's a very important podcast for Ireland, but pretty much worldwide, to be honest with you, because the topics um, you guys discuss on UPod Ireland, you actually have a, a website, upodireland.libsyn.com. Correct. Um, I do encourage everybody to go there. You can find all the episodes there. Yeah. Um, as I say, we are going to get into that. Um, but this guy loves his intros, so I have to give him some sort of <laughs> intro here. Uh, this man is also a comedy genius, as you all know. Um, Adam also has his, his own um, website for your comedy, which is comedygodadamburke.com. Yeah, I regret that. No, you shouldn't regret that. Yeah. That's perfect. Like I, I called it comedygodadamburke.com so that I could do like a little joke about how I didn't want to be like too egotistical by having my own website and <laughs> leading people down this path of, you know, I, I was feeling a bit sheepish about having my own website as a comedian and is it saying too much and am I putting, you know, across that I have notions of grandeur about myself and then the punchline was the website address <laughs> and I never really did the joke and now I'm just kind of stuck with comedygodadamburk.com but I don't consider myself I'm God of any description. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm stuck with it because I've paid for the URL. So that's but that's your gimmick now. You are the comedy Ca- God, Adam Burke. God, Adam Burke. It's an awful name, but feck it. I love it, to be honest with you. Yeah. And knowing, knowing you and the way you are, it suits you. <laughs> Do you know Sound, what I mean? It does. Yeah, yeah. It does. But listen, just to give a bit of a background um, on Adam uh, and his comedy, because we are going to start on the comedy here. Um, you performed al- alongside the likes of Tommy Tiernan, yeah. Robert Bandits, PJ Gallagher. Ardlo Hanlon. Yeah. I mean, there's four Irish names right there that are pretty much top tier. Absolutely. Um, and I believe you're going to be performing alongside Dylan Moore and soon enough. Uh, yeah, I'm on the, the Vodafone Comedy Carnival lineup. So, yeah, uh, yeah um, I'd like to say that I'm on the same lineup as him, but uh, unfortunately, uh, on the night itself, he's only doing his solo show, if yeah. you like. But sure. there's, very, there's very few solo shows. As such, um, at Vodafone, but my own solo show will be part of the carnival this year, so I'm bringing my, my one-hour solo to Galway. So it's, again, look, it's, it's great to share good company and to be in the company of people that you can learn from all the time. Yeah. That's what comedy is for me, a, a 
a massive, massive learning experience. As, yeah. well, as fun as it is, you, you also learn so much about yourself and about the game. So, yeah, I'm honoured, honoured to be here. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, <clears throat> again, we, 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 the last podcast, we were actually... Uh, I am back in the motherland, by the way. I am in Mighty Bray. Oh, yeah. You can probably hear that my voice is a lot clearer. I'm speaking a lot better because I am in my domain. Yeah. Um, the last one came from the beautiful Harbour Bar. Today, we're actually in this awesome facility up here in the Ballywaltram Community Centre. Correct, yeah. Um, which is where, job. Yeah, which is where you and uh, Mr. Paul Tracy work well. Correct. Not Sir Paul Tracy now, he's a different person altogether. No, he's a, he's a baby face when he's here. He's a baby face when he's here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it, thanks for, thanks for, uh, have it, for facilitating me here, as I say, in this great, yeah, no great, little, great little place to spin some great stuff that's come out of here. Katie Taylor, doing a lot of her training here. The old here. tin can, yeah, yeah, she trained in the old tin can, the building that was on this site before. It was this much, much better community facility. Yeah. Yeah. But she would have cut her teeth in the old she did. tin can. Yeah. And it's called the tin can because it looked like a bean can on its yeah, side, it sliced in half. Yeah. It was this domed kind of, it looked like aluminium kind of uh, exterior. And it's where bingo happened and it's yeah. where the boxing club happened. Very but shiny and hot in the summers. It was indeed, yeah. And rat infested towards the end. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but now it's, you know, it's you've got an integrated childcare service, a bustling um, kind of sports hall um, you know we've got kind of little activity clubs that happen here community projects um, that happen here and of course I'm heavily involved in the youth sector Yeah. Um, myself yeah. and Paul are the, the kind of um, in situ youth workers here yeah. and have been for over a decade so it's, yeah, it's yes, awesome it's a big part of my life this building yeah big part and I mean it's, it's just great work but like I said we're going to get to the youth work yes, as yes, well yes absolutely um, just wanted to give people the locale and why, why, why yeah. we sound so great, you know, yeah. that yeah. fresh spray air is what it is. It's though. a bit echoey at the moment because there's no kids in the centre, yeah. so we have the space to ourselves. But let me tell you something, when this room is full I can imagine. and you've got, yeah, you've got a couple of dozen uh, young people kind of bouncing off the walls and bouncing ideas around the place and, you know, trying to be proactive in their community and all, it's a... It, it can be a vibrant Well, I've been up here when area. it's full of uh, muscled-up uh, wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even Finn Balor even performed here. For, he has for, indeed, for, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't Finn Balor then, though. You know, he, was, he was. He was, yeah. Oh, no, he was. We, we, had, him, we had him ju- yeah. just once while he it was, was under the actually, Finn Balor moniker. That is yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's been a couple of occasions. There has. He's wrestled um, for us a few times up here for Prince charity. Prince Debit. But, yeah. And then he yeah. had that nice... Uh, Eminem haircut on the first show. Remember, right. remember okay. the big, the, the, the bleach blonde hair? I don't remember that. Remember no. Rocky Romero knocking over? Oh, I have a te- man, I have a terrible <laughs> retention for those. Yeah, you had things, the, so. the first show, yeah, yeah. you had the, the big blonde mop. There you go. Yeah, so historical, historical venue. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, you, you co-founded um, the Bray Comedy Festival, which, which had a lot of success um, this year. I mean, this year in particular for you, 2018, would I be right in saying it, it's been a bit of a breakout year for you in a lot of ways? Um, yeah, look, the, the, the Comedy Festival progressed every year that we've done it, and it's always been about getting bigger names. Yeah. It's always about creating um, you know, big experiences for people that comedy is accessible for all people, so it ticks all the boxes. So it was a bigger festival, more venues, more acts, um, lots of family entertainment, um, great kind of balance in the booking in terms of, you know, 
genders, races, ethnicities, people's, you know, um, backgrounds, sure. beliefs, the level that they're at as comedians, but it's mostly about making people laugh. Yeah. And there was just a lot of laughter, a lot of good vibes, people um, staying for a couple of nights in Bray and having the crack, and yeah. that's what it's about. But yeah, in terms of the names, Steve Frost's comedy improv troupe, Steve Frost is very well known from... Um, a show we all grew up on whose line is it anyway and yeah. he was one of the original cast members of that and yeah. he has one of the most successful improv troops that are you know regularly touring and and Dermot Whelan off Dermot and Dave um, a radio station here in Ireland and Dermot was the guest uh, improver on that yeah. show um, you know Dermot's a very good friend of my uncle David actually right. or not. yeah they used to yeah. work together back in 90 yeah. um, back in the day nice yeah boy. he's a lovely bloke lovely bloke and uh, it was great to have him out um, and to have him kind of recognise our festival as being you know worth a visit and we're performing at and then obviously the Rubber Bandits was a, a, a huge name for us yeah. um, you know it was a very special night like it's a it's a very different experience watching the rubber bandits perform live and yeah, i've never uh, seen it is it yeah, completely it's a, different it's a proper hip-hop like concert if you oh like. really it's, yeah it's musical performances it's, awesome it's funny throughout but it's very very well and um, put together yeah the production value on it like or you know it's it's a different level they're geniuses, um, those guys. I mean, fantastic. Even podcast uh, super, is brilliant as well. Super sound as well. Like they're really nice to deal with. Everybody at the festival was super sound. So yeah, we just we we lifted the roof off. Like yeah, and that, yeah. that's the aim every year. You know, Bray is Ireland's ninth biggest town, um, and sometimes it almost feels like we live in a small city when we live in Bray. And yeah. unless you live here, you don't feel it. True. But I've always felt that Bray deserved a comedy festival. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, don't ask for things or don't say this is the way it should be. Go and do it. Make it so. Yeah. Um, and that's what we did with the fantastic support and um, continued, unrelentless support of the Harbour Baronet staff. Yeah. Um, you know, we sat down a few years ago. We strategized. We started with a six gig festival yeah. five years ago. Um, or Well, it'll be five years this February. Yeah. But a six gig festival, um, mini festival as we called it. And, you know, last year we were up to, I don't know, maybe 25 odd gigs, hundreds of acts, yeah. thousands of customers. Um, and I always say millions of laughs. You just, yeah. you know, the you know, we're selling out shows at Bray Comedy Festival up around the 85 percentile, which is wow. insane. Like, you that know, when, insane, when yeah. we're putting on shows, we're making sure we're putting on shows that people want to see yeah and uh, you know to have whose line sell out to have uh, rubber bandits sell out and bray it, it shows those acts do you know what bray cares about you thank you for coming yeah we appreciate it we came out in force yeah and it opens the door for them to come back and that's that's yeah. the ambition that's awesome and you're right because like, in bray we have this kind of feeling sometimes where like we're Dublin doesn't want us and Wicklow doesn't want yeah, us. Hey, We're kind of like our own... Autonomy is okay in my books. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to be from County Bray. Yeah, yeah. That's what I believe. And yeah. I, don't, I don't feed into all these kind of tribal kind of, you know... Yeah. Um, you know, county... You're, are you a county Wicklow? Are you county, I'm from Should Bray. you, like, during the GAA, should you cheer Wicklow because it's Wicklow? Or I don't you, watch do you know GAA, I mean? so I don't even worry about that. But, it uh, is a bit boring, but, to be uh, sure. <laughs> I just I'm I'm from Bray. I'm proud to be from Bray, yeah. and that being proud to be from Bray doesn't mean that I have a problem with anywhere else. It's Spot just on, I, yeah. I I love the community I grew up in. It's why I work here. 
it's why I kind of established my own club and festival yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a home bird. I'll yeah. never go traveling the world and not come back home to Bray. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm proud of this town. There is a magnetic kind of force that if you're from Bray, Absolutely. I mean, you know my story. You know, my mother lives in, in Finglas and, and there's a lot of Finglas wrestlers and stuff like that as yeah, well. Yeah. But like, I've always, even though I've always went back and forth, I grew up in Bray. Yeah. I always find that, like I mentioned there, joking when I got off the train yesterday. I breathe that bray air, air in. Yeah. It is a special kind of feeling. And I guess it's a hometown feeling for many people that can relate to this. Yeah. It's not saying, oh, bray is better than your place. No, for us, it is. Be but proud it's, of where you it's, Yeah, it's not about bray. It's, Be it's, proud about where you live. It's just your community. And yeah. for you, I mean, community is pretty much everything. Um, yeah considering where you work but we're gonna like yeah, I say yeah yeah absolutely there's gonna we'll be a lot of segues in this, this yeah is, yeah that's fine this is two old two old old timers yeah, old yeah. wannabe wrestlers back in the day yeah. that's segue um so it's cool but yeah um as, as we mentioned there with, with the break comedy festival the success from that was was absolutely unbelievable but you also um you were the best new act competition as well i run the, the best that's, new that's, act that's, competition. that's what you yeah. run yeah yeah so like when i established um hardy har my comedy club um 10 years ago uh, it was about getting new faces on the stage and giving them stage time and supporting acts that were in the same boat as myself we were new we were looking for people to take notice we were looking to get stage time to hone our craft sure. and so I ran it essentially very similar to an open mic night um, but then I, I was hungry for more and I wanted to show Bray some of the good comedians I was meeting on the circuit some of the established acts that you know would kind of make you happy that you invested your time in in two hours into this club so i started capping the shows with a a solid headliner and then as that you know was going on and was well received i started putting in a kind of an established support act and then as it grew and grew i realized the quality was upping and my audience were very uh, comedy savvy and informed and suddenly my, my shows were evolving as my own comedy was evolving. Yeah. The lineups were getting stronger and, you know, the acts were getting bigger. And I realized that the new acts were getting less opportunities and that didn't sit well with me. I didn't want to leave behind the original ethos of, yeah. the, of the club. So I started throwing in the new faces in with the big names. And yeah. you could go to Hardy Har and see somebody having their third or fourth ever gig and then you could be watching somebody who is in their, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th year yeah. plus had been on TV, had played big venues, you know, that kind of stuff um, yeah, at, yeah. at regular festivals and all. And I got an awful lot of people asking me for um, these, you know, small spots, open spots, as we call them, and, um, you know, these short spots. And I, as a once monthly club, I wasn't able to facilitate everybody. Of course. Yeah. So I decided every January to run a competition where I could facilitate 40 new faces. Cool. And this is separate to the club, yeah. the monthly lineups. And these 40 new faces battle it out to be named the best new act. And so I bring in secret judges to every um, heat. They sit in the crowd, they're informed, they have some sort of link with the comedy community, um, you know, in, in various roles as maybe bookers or, or agents or comedy reviewers um, you know what I mean I, and then I also bring in some regular kind of um, promoters who aren't judging so yeah. that there's a few um, you know red herrings I want to say so people don't say oh well it's definitely that guy or that girl over there that's judging you know what I mean yeah. I invite lots of people along 
and um, because it's still more promoters looking at you and yeah. might offer you opportunities. You're creating opportunities. Absolutely. Exactly, yeah. But at the end of the day, two people go through from every heat and then the finalists held at Bray Comedy Festival. Yeah. So 10 of those new, new faces get to be on a festival lineup with the likes of the Rubber Bandits, yeah. which is great for their CV. Yeah. One person wins it and then I do a bit of legwork for them in advance. I kind of network with some of the promoters I know and I say to them, look, give my winner um, a paid slot in your club and in return you know um, I'll come out and gig with you or you can come out and gig yeah. with me and we'll scratch each, other, uh, each other's backs and we'll look after this new person and give them stage time the path, across yeah. the country and you know a lot of the promoters are just like minded and they know I'm doing it for the right reason yeah. I don't charge entry fees no um, I get a sponsor or the venue or you know again the Harbour Bar kind enough to offer up a good prize they get a paid spot in the festival um, on the Sunday at mm -hmm. the end of the if they win it on the Thursday they're performing on a lineup on the Sunday, the Sunday and they awesome. get paid for it and um, you know they, and they're, they're given the ball and it's up to them whether they want to run do you know what uh, you're going to laugh at this as I suppose for a lot of my listeners a lot of their terminology would be wrestling terminology yeah but in a lot of ways it's a very Vince McMahon old school ethos in the sense of I'm not promising you cash, I'm not promising you this, but I'm promising you an opportunity. It's up to you, as you said, to, to perform. Yeah. You know, if you don't perform, too bad. The platform's there, yeah. um, the opportunities are there, and yeah. it's, it's, you can't win yeah. work ethic. You probably can't teach work ethic. No. That's something you either have or it's something that, you know, you kind of um, you you pick up as you go along. It maybe it kind of brushes off from other people, but I I can't be guaranteed that the winner has work ethic. But yeah. I, I can tell you now that the first ever winner of the competition of the competition was Lisa Casey, and she is this year's Irish Comedian of the Year. Wow! And um, so not new comedian. She's the Irish Comedian of the Year award winner, um, and that's four short years after she won my Best New Act competition. And um, my current best new act competition winner is a Brayman, actually. First time a Brayman nice. won. Nice. Um, Sean Begley. And, um, you know, I was just chatting to him this morning. And he put up October, November and December gigs. And I was like, well, you know, this guy has a year's experience. He's, uh, and he's got yeah. three months in, in the diary yeah. um, with, with dates. And not one or two dates. He has got, like, weekly gigs yeah. for, for three months that you post online. Which I'm is like, amazing because you want your little black book to be filled up absolutely, for, for months, at, months at a time. So he's know? hungry for it. I selected him as my support act for my own solo show when I did the, the Dublin, um, the, the two dates in Dublin. Shout he, out the name of the solo show, by the way, because I wanted it coming the, from you. Yeah, it was brilliant. The, the big happy head on the you. The big happy head yeah. on you. So it's a, it. Yeah, it's a phrase I, I would use with people like when they, um, you know, I, I'm forever slagging people off. I do it on stage. I do it day to day. And <clears throat> if somebody gets one over on me, like I always say to them, look at you, the big happy head on you, that, <laughs> that, you, that you got one back on me. But there's a, there's a, there's a loose uh, mental health narrative to the show as well sure um, you know I believe that you shouldn't start talking about mental health um, when it's a problem it should just be part of your daily kind of um, vernacular like absolutely and um, you know with no stigma and no bias and all that kind of stuff yeah, so um, yeah. I don't I don't um, profess that I suffer from my mental health but in the job I'm in I talk about mental health every day sure yeah and then I decided you know this comedy show I'm going to talk about mental health but not from the perspective of a victim from the perspective of somebody who's informed, 
and who can make jokes um, you know around mental health and yeah. not feel like I'm creating this weird ambience that oh my god you can't you know talk about those kind of things in life yeah. uh, I'm not slagging off mental health no. on the show it's actually very very separate to that. I'm teaching th- uh, people about the the five a day for positive mental health but the spin I put on it is when I try these five a day in my own life it, any you know person in their right mind would be suffering from the mental <laughs> health when you see me trying to be active at 35 years of age yeah. and it's a struggle when it wasn't 10 years ago yeah. um, you know I mean there's, there's a bit of humour in that um, but there's a bit of learning in it too yeah. stay active and you'll feel you'll feel a little bit better is it a solution to mental illness? no no, but um, it's it's Helps. part it's part of um, supporting your mental health. Yeah. So look, whether people think comedy is the platform to discuss mental health or not, um, doesn't really concern me. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, and sure. you know, if I can raise awareness about some of the supports and services out there as well while I'm doing it, I'll do that as well. Uh, you know, people are either on board or they're not on board. But thankfully. Both the Dublin shows sold out, so hopefully awesome. uh, Galway is is equally successful. Yeah, Galway, that's on October twenty sixth, so yeah. it's not not far away. Not far away, uh, but I mean, I've I've gone through the show a few times now, and I know what I'll be doing down yeah. in Galway. Unfortunately, as well, like you know, Galway's hustling and bustling. That carnival, like, is got it's got hundreds of top class performers. So you know, it's going to be condensed hour, so people are going to see literally the power hour of the big happy head on you. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to have the comfort of going to an hour and a half, two sure. hour show. You know what I mean? I'm going to condense it down into an hour and hopefully just fill the room with laughter and good yeah. vibes. You know? Awesome. And and I mean, going back, you made a very good point there about comedy. Is comedy the solution? Comedy is the solution to a lot of things because it can take you away from a certain frame of mind for even mm-hmm. ten minutes or twenty mm-hmm. minutes. You know, I look at, for example, I remember if I was down a bit, I'd watch um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, yeah, yeah. really, really funny show, 20 minute show, but you sit there and you watch a couple of shows and you get lost and you laugh Absolutely. and you kind of feel a bit better after laughing. Um, is, is it the right platform for mental health? Well, is it the right platform for anything really? Because it's... politics and the Catholic Church has been a jokes have been the butt of uh, a lot of comedic jokes. No pun intended. No pun intended. There yeah. we go. <laughs> the butt of the jokes. Do you like that? Yeah. Hey. Um, yeah, I would be absolutely shocking as a comedian, but anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I no, wouldn't I'm even not. know my own, uh, I wouldn't even know my own punchlines. Yeah, Someone yeah. would laugh and I'd be like, whoa, yeah. something's working. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I was listening to Mr. Carlin. I was watching him last night, man. The, the stuff he goes on yeah. with the American politics as well. It's really you know, almost below the belt at times, yeah. but he was able to do it by getting his message across with humour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so I do think it is a platform for... It can be what you make it. And for yeah. me, I'm going to talk about whatever is relevant sure. to me because that's, that's, comedy is truth. Um, and my truth is that I, I think and talk about mental health every day. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to censor that from my own comedy yeah. so as to pander to what people believe comedy yeah. should and shouldn't be or how it should be formed or whatever. I get up, I have to crack. Yeah. The audience have to crack. Everyone leaves happy. And then if somebody wants to get deep and meaningful and um, you know deconstruct my comedy... And that's up to them, but I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody really gives a fuck. And so plus, why would you care? Like we're living in a social media age now, where, as I always like to call them, the hashtag SJWs, the social justice ah, warriors, yeah, yeah. the people that basically have been given a platform to spew their bullshit, 
that no one would have listened to outside of a social media platform. Do you know what it, I mean? Look, it, it, there's, it, again, it's a, like mental health is a spectrum. Social justice is a spectrum. Yeah. Uh, people's, you know, ability to complain and gripe and moan about things is a spectrum. Like, yeah. we're, you know, it's, there are people like social justice warriors, if you like, online who go too far. Yeah. There are feminazis. There yeah. are bigots. There are, you know, racists. There, there, you know, there's, there's people who will talk about things and then there's people who will take things to an absolute extreme. And sure. I just feel that those people are, are literally in existence for a reaction. And for me, yeah. you can react. And often I do because I allow my emotions to, to, get the better. to inform yeah. me first. But, you know, everybody has a choice. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer. One word I would use every day and it's something I, I learned from my dad. And I went and studied a lot um, in, in regards to... Uh, a thing called choice theory and the word choice is a word I'd use every day yeah. um, and we all have a choice yeah. we, have a cho- we have a choice to talk about things yeah. but similarly we have a choice to react to things we have a choice how we react to things we have a choice how invested we get in things we have a choice to be offended I love this thing of like no that offends me no it doesn't you choose to be offended yeah and if you choose to be offended, be conscious of your choice. Yeah. Be informed about your choice and be willing to explore why you made that choice. And ultimately, you know, you can get bogged down in all this internet nonsense and all this yeah. social media and social justice nonsense yeah. and all the rest of it. But for me, the simplest thing to do is to choose to step away. Yeah. I will choose the amount of time I give that, <clears throat> um, you know, thought and consideration and, you know, by stepping back and reflecting, I've learned that no matter how, how much you think, think and talk about it, you don't really change these trolls. Yeah. You don't change these people with extremist kind of behaviors yeah. or attitudes. Absolutely. So if you can't change them, you know, what are you trying to achieve? Yeah. And um, so I'd rather just turn it on its head and I try to, um, I try to fight it with humor. That's it. Like, I mean, it's like guys when you have, uh, you have the football banter. And, yeah. you know, it could be Man United and Chelsea or Liverpool or whoever. And Man United loses one week and the other lad goes missing for a couple of hours. Yeah. But then Chelsea lose the following week and then the other lad comes back and goes, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then you're going back and forth by saying, yeah, we used lost last week. But you, So it goes back to almost like the, 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 the playgrounds, you know, yeah. from who was your favourite player. And you're never going to change the yeah. club that the other person supports yeah. or why they support them and all. So let it be I a like laugh. It. Yeah, I, yeah I, enjoy, I enjoy the banter that goes with, um, with the football. Like, yeah. I enjoy a, a bit of stick and all. Um, as you know, I'm a Man United fan and yeah. it's been a, a desolate time for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, you know what? Believe it or not, you're gonna, this is going to sound funny for me. I'll announce it on the podcast. I actually have a little bit of sympathy, even as a Chelsea fan, which is funny. Because of the Jose connection. Yeah, like it is. And I mean, Jose, kind of, he's kind of been a bit of an ass to us in the last few years. But I think, I think there's something... I think he's bitter at Chelsea, obviously, because of what happened. You know, being let go again. That was his club, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like when Jose retires, Chelsea's always going to be his club because it's what he achieved there. Right. So, but I just find the British media can tend to they they really do knock him when he's they got to sell know. newspapers. They yeah, absolutely. Sell newspapers, absolutely. and you but know, look, he's he's getting paid well enough to deal with well, that. Well, that's true. Um, but, but we won't spend too much time on football because no, no, because, you, because so much of it. United aren't doing great at the moment, so let's move on. Yeah, Adam actually just wrote down on a piece of paper there. Next topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, no, but look, this is going to be great. I mean, another person that's playing. Uh, we mentioned Dylan Moore. 
another great comedian, a favourite of mine to watch, Sean Locke. Oh yeah, is going to be playing on that show as well. Yeah. So I mean, you really are like as I said, it, it definitely from an outsider looking in, it looks like it's really been a breakout year for you. And just a couple of the bits and pieces that you were talking about there, it sounds to me like production, artistic production, is as big a part of your love for this as much as the actual being on the stage. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the production of shows, yeah, putting I'm stuff a, together. I'm a promoter. Prese exactly. Yeah, that's, I'm that's a promoter it. as well as yeah. a comedian. And unfortunately this year, um, promoting has had to take a little bit of a back seat for me because the, my, my personal kind of opportunities in comedy have opened up a little bit. Sure. Um, and I've had to kind of, you know, meet, meet commitments at a personal level. And that is something I'm hugely grateful for. There are yeah. opportunities I wasn't expecting. I'm hugely grateful for them. I'm hugely humbled by them. I don't take them as me being, you know, better than anybody else. They could disappear tomorrow. It's just the nature of the beast. But when you're busy, you you got to try and balance things. And at the moment, like between Run and Break Comedy Festival, Hardy Heart Comedy Club, Ireland's Funniest Joke Competition, there's not a lot more space or time to promote other things. Um, but I'll do my best always. Yeah, and sure. I, I don't do any of those initiatives by halves and make sure that they're run as effectively as I can. Um, but also I've you know, got my solo show this year. Um, I've joined Bingo Loco as one of their hosts. Um, I got a huge opportunity this year to, to host the Comedy Spiegel tent at All Together Now Festival. I mean, Tommy Tiernan and Dave McSavage, Danulis, um, Lords of Strut, all on that lineup, like, yeah. um, you know, 40 odd acts phenomenal opportunity so you know i can't be i can't be saying no to being involved in projects yeah. like that they're fantastic yeah. but i do like being a promoter because i promote in a way that is very different to how i applied myself to professional wrestling yeah and um, when i left professional wrestling i reflected back and i didn't regret um one relationship that i made with what I consider to be some of the best friends I've ever had in my life. Sure. But I do regret my 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 approach to wrestling. I do regret how I, you know, when I began to coach and promote in wrestling, I do regret some of the elements of my approach to that because we we grew up in a in a time and with a mentality that looking back now was warped and skewed um, sure. by, by external influence and that goes beyond the Irish comedy or sorry Irish wrestling scene yeah. um, you know America's influence and the, you know um, the, the, big, the big players had a massive influence on, on how we conducted ourselves but as, as a very young naive man um, given opportunities um, and and given responsibilities within wrestling, within Irish wrestling, I kind of look back now and say, if this Adam was coaching and promoting back then, he would do a much better job. But yeah. that's not where I'm at. That's yeah. not what I'm doing. Sure. And what I'm doing now is I'm promoting comedy. I'm promoting comedians. I'm promoting myself as a as a comedian. And um, the thing is, I'm a much better comedy promoter. I'm a much better comedian than I am a wrestler. Um, but the only thing is I made much better friends in wrestling. Yeah, Comedy you. is a is a lonely game. I've um, heard this I've, before. I've got yeah. a lot of I got a lot of, you know, good people I know in comedy 
but I don't go for a cup of coffee or a cup of tea with any of them. I don't go for a pint with any of them. I don't socialize uh, after gigs because I, I, I don't I don't drink and I don't you know I don't take drugs. Yeah. I'm very clean living. Yeah, so like I've a wife and three kids now and going out and partying or drinking or anything like that um, you know, doesn't appeal. I want to wake up in the morning with a fresh head and spend quality time with the people I love. And um, so comedy is absolutely brilliant for me. It's, it's great for my kind of um, creative side, if you like. There's great people in comedy, really, really nice blokes that when you turn up um, and spend time with them, it's great. Same with the girls. The girls are absolutely, um, like the, the, the amount of female acts coming through on the circuit, absolutely booming. Um, and these are all good people to spend time with when you're gigging. But, um, and I don't say this in a disrespectful way, sure. but like, I, I don't you know, socialize or chat with them beyond that um, because, yeah. you know, I've got other things going on. Um, but in a wrestling sense, like some of the best guys I've ever met who I still would touch base with and who I'd still yeah. make, you know, check in on yeah. and who I still like reconnecting with, they came from wrestling. And I just, as I say, I wish I had the, the old head on young shoulders because I just think I would have been a better um, promoter, which I dropped out very, very quickly, um, and uh, a better, let's say, supporting coach, because I know I wasn't one of the main coaches for very long, but I, I did support, support in the coaching of, of wrestling. I just think I would have been better at it, given the 10-year the gap and the, the learning I've had in that. So I've applied myself very differently to my comedy, yeah. but no regrets really yeah awesome. like I, I know I'm reflecting back and saying I wish I had done it better but um, you, you just can't hold on to that no I mean I, that, that, that stood with me for a long time I, I never had a problem with the performance side of wrestling I was always fine in there yeah. when I was in the ring that was when I was happiest mm -hmm. it was always the build up that would affect me do you know what I mean like even sometimes performing in front of your peers on a training on a Sunday yeah. that would be when my anxiety would really kick in yeah really really kick in because I, I guess that's the two ways like it can go because you know that when you're doing your stuff on a, in a show environment you're gonna generally get the reaction that you want from the people if you try enough yeah when you're with the boys it's a different story do you know what i mean yeah. it's not because anyone made me feel that way it was just that was the way i approach it and i do a lot of that reflecting too now mm -hmm. i go well when i got hurt the first time if i had the head that i have on my shoulders now i would have been back six months later yeah. and I'd have been fine and I would have thrown my head into it I would have listened better I would have trained better I would have put more time into the gym that's just reflection do you know what I mean we can yeah. all we can all do things it's always better good. it's always good to learn it's but that's good to learn to look that's back, the way to, to do it when you're asking yourself yeah. those questions and reflecting that means that whether you know it or not you're learning absolutely you're going whoa yeah absolutely and yeah. you know and I think it's also good for people to acknowledge past failures you know you will have people who will be ready to jump at your failures yeah. if I say to you now do you know what I look back and I regret certain parts of how I coached or I regret certain parts of how I would have tried to promote um, you know the NWA Ireland banner as it was at the time um, you know I regret certain things I tried you'll get people you will instantly get people who try to use that regret and that admission 
to empower themselves and make themselves feel better, like they've worn up on you and all. And, sure, yeah. and that's their bag, but nobody's really learning in that situation. Yeah. For me to be able to do it, the only person I need to make peace with is myself. Yeah. And in that reflection, I am making peace <clears> with it, and I'm saying, what was my intention at the time? And my intention, the whole time I was wrestling, was to be a brand man, was to be a, a great ambassador for my peers, mm -hmm. to be a great ambassador for the way I was um, taught to wrestle, yeah. to, to fly the NWA Ireland flag. Like, <laughs> here we are, here we are 10 years later, and OTT is absolutely storming it. Yeah. An absolute credit to, to Joe Cabray, who has not only a great wrestling head, but a great business head so savvy as to how you engage with the fans and all the rest of it. Yeah. He's built this amazing sense of togetherness and, um, and inclusion and, you know, uh, of being one with, with his, you know, group of wrestlers. Um, and throw me into that fucking mix and I'll still fly the NWA Ireland flag and go, fuck this promotion. It's crazy, isn't fuck it? It's crazy. <laughs> fuck your togetherness. Because I want to be full-blown heel. I want to yeah. be red-blooded NWA Ireland. It's yeah. the way we learned. It's, I'm never going to drop it. I'd die for those lads in that ring. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm contradicting myself because in some essence, I haven't evolved whatsoever. Yeah. But I'm comfortable <laughs> in that. But the only thing I'd say is um, if if along the way anyone you cross paths with in their learning to wrestle felt like um, that approach hindered their progress or weren't comfortable in that bubble, that's my regret. The idea that they didn't feel they could, you know, pursue their dream of wrestling because it didn't knit in with their perception of wrestling. That's something that makes me kind of go, oh, shit, man. I hope that's not the case. And I don't know that it is. Well, Justy... Just, but it's just, not going to be the case with, in my comedy. In your comedy. So you're taking those Absolutely. little shredded... Because you don't know that that's my, the case. But opinion, if there is that little element yeah. of doubt that possibly did that, you're trying to say, right, well, let's just kill that. Yeah, that well, my opinion on comedy and what it should be doesn't affect who I book. I book people who put bums on seats, mm -hmm. who promote themselves well, who promote comedy well, who support other people. They'll get funny eventually if yeah. they do enough stage time. Um, my idea of comedy doesn't inhibit anybody else's access to comedy. Sure. Um, everybody gets an equal shot at it. Everyone gets an equal bite at the cherry. And, you know, again, you give them the ball and it's up to them to run. But, um, you know, I want to treat everybody as equally as I can. And I want to treat people... And with a little bit of kindness and compassion and you know if they're not the best comedian they'll get there um, and you know I'm also I consider myself to be the most accessible um, promoter uh, in the country and you know I'll fight somebody in a steel cage match for that title um, I, I think as a comedy promoter if if it's your first gig or your 1000th gig and you want feedback you want um, you want a bit of direction, you want an opinion, you want guidance, you want support, um, you only have to lift the phone, you only have to email me, and yeah. it comes with no no real judgment on you as a person, I'll be honest with you, I'll be open with you, and yeah. I'll, I'll help you get where you want to be, 
and that's well, you're definitely that's the uh, you're part. definitely you know we'll we'll take a little break in a minute and we'll we'll get back, we'll get on to the youth yeah the youth part of Ireland but uh, you know some of the stuff you said there is very very true I mean you mentioned that like you know NWA Ireland for example just to go back like it was two thousand and two here we are what. 16, 17 years there later. There you go. See, I don't even know dates. And, uh, I forget this stuff, you know. And not so long ago, we had a, an NW Ireland reunion. Not not as many people as we would have liked to have down yeah. because everyone had a prior people, commitments yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But um, it was just a great like feeling. And like even within the space of five minutes, everyone was just laughing and talking like it was, oh, you pick up like it was after off. a show. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was like we'd just yeah, gone down. Where you left off. Yeah, we right. just it was like we just had done a, a first show and went down and had a few beers to celebrate, like which yeah. is amazing. Um so I do agree with you with the people that you meet um in wrestling can be very special. Can also be the opposite too, but like there's that's that's like in any in any Absolutely, environment, you know yeah. what I mean? You're not gonna please or like all the people all the time. But no. uh yeah, I'd agree with you. But we'll take a break from that now cool. and we'll uh We'll come back to uh, you, Pot Ireland, because there's a lot of stuff. Nice. I want to hit you with that. <laughs> hey, if you're like me and you're a fan of your wrestling merch and your MMA merch and your boxing merch, there's only one place I go, and that is Wrestling Mania. That's right. Wrestling Mania is located at the top floor of Dublin St. Stephen's Green Shopping Centre. It's your one-stop shop for all your wrestling, MMA, and boxing needs. It's Ireland's only dedicated pro wrestling shop and carries all the latest wrestling, MMA, and boxing merch, including brands like WWE and UFC and Ring of Honor, and much, much more. And hey, if they don't have it in there, they can get it. If you don't see what you want and you know something that you do want, well, the guys in the shop can get it in for you. And get this. If you can't make it into the shop, they'll send it to you. That's right. They will actually deliver it to your house. So... If you want your wrestling, MMA, or boxing hookup, go to Wrestling Mania, located once again at the top floor of Dublin St. Stephen's Marine Shopping Centre. Go check them out on Facebook. So it's Wrestling Mania on Facebook. You'll be able to drop them a mail. Very responsive, very appreciative, and also very welcoming and accommodating. Wrestling Mania for all your wrestling, MMA, and boxing needs. Go right now. I'm back here with Adam, and like I mentioned just before that little break, um, I want to talk um, about something we mentioned at the top of the podcast, which is uh, Adam's um, baby youth pod Ireland. It's not just Adam, Adam. I'll let Adam speak about uh, his co-host now in a while too, but um, youthpodireland.libsyn.com. I recommend everybody go and check it out. If not, it's on uh, Apple Podcasts and all great uh, Spotify, podcast providers. Spotify, busiest one yeah yeah spotify is probably this busiest one at the moment since it's gone up there so spotify is a great one-stop shop for people people want the one you know one device it's like a yeah universal yeah. remote control you yeah, know what i mean absolutely. they want to be able to have everything in one so it is amazing um but just to give you as a rundown of it it's basically it's a podcast as i mentioned and i keep mentioning um, you've heard me say it in other shows as well um, it's a very important podcast for myself as you know adam i, I try and share it and talk about it as much as i can on shows um, but it is basically your mo is it's for and about young people yeah and um, it covers everything important issues such as mental health well-being drugs and alcohol alcohol education pretty much everything that yeah. that, that can give um young people um and older people actually yeah absolutely um, young people are just you know what young I mean? 
people. Exactly. They're they're just a younger version of adults. Like I I, I never get this. Yeah. And um, like you know, you talk about working with vulnerable young people. Sure. All young people are vulnerable. Sure. All people are have levels of vulnerability. Um, and I, you know, I I don't adjust my 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 talking or thinking, um, in any great great way, shape or form, um, to to the young people, you know, I try not to swear as often as I do, um, <laughs> when I'm when I'm not around young people, I try to, you know, tone down the language a little bit, but like whatever I would think or talk about, is equally relevant to young people or will become relevant to them. Um, and obviously, look, young people will present, um, let's say, recurring kind of issues um, as a demographic, and we'll tackle those on, but I suppose the point I'm getting to is nothing is off-limits for discussion. Sure. You know, yeah. everything can be relevant to young people, yeah. and if they name it as relevant to, the, to them, mm -hmm. then we're going to talk about it. Well, we nearly got through this whole podcast without any... Um parental Prof advisory sticker but on that fuck yeah well done <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree yeah. um, there's a couple of issues a couple of episodes I suppose that I'll just mention yeah. um, but I guess you know I gave it a rundown there does that you want to add to that no oh, I think that's I think that's very fair I think we are a podcast for and about young people that's yeah. it in, a, in, in an absolute nutshell that is what we what we are yeah. and uh, you know I might in an average week um, see a hundred to a hundred and thirty young people in person yeah. in my role as a youth worker, um, to reach an average of ten times that yeah. on a podcast just shows you why a podcast is pertinent and important. You know, some of our episodes um, are you know going into thousands of downloads and. You know, we've been listening to in about 50 countries. Yeah. And I'm saying, like, we have a reach on this podcast far beyond our physical reach. Have you as, got any downloads in Kuala Lumpur yet? I don't know. I haven't well, checked. Well, I our, found yeah. that <laughs> I yeah. had a whole download. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what episode it was, yeah. but in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, we had one in Uganda. Oh, I, nice. I, I think people might... Awesome. In these <laughs> countries where you get one or two downloads, I think people might download you by, by accident. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's not, the, it's not the 50, it's the five. No. It's the idea that we're getting regular downloads in the UK, in Canada, in, in America. Uh, interestingly, quite a lot of downloads in Spain and Portugal, which nice. I found fascinating. Yeah. But Portugal, um, you know, and I, I covered this topic on those conspiracy guides uh, with, with Gordon Rochford. Um, Be uh, sure to check them out as an, well. An amazing yeah. podcast. Yeah. And he's been a huge, huge help to our own podcast. Um, a great supporter of it and helping us get off the, get off the ground. Um, but we spoke about the, um, the Portuguese um, model in relation to... Um, drug use and, and drug abuse sure. and um, they, they moved away from a punitive approach and um, not throwing people in, in jails but throwing addicts into rehabilitation, into education, into support and, um, and it, it has had a, an amazing effect um, on the people of Portugal and you know for that problem. Um, so I can see why we might have Portuguese listeners. Yeah, that makes sense. Because our approach as youth workers 
um, in terms of how we deal with people who have problems, who have issues, would not be dissimilar to that approach. Um, so that's heartwarming that there's people in, in countries like that listening to us. And then also, at a very localised level, it's, we're, we're getting very, very strong downloads in Ireland yeah. and across Ireland yeah. and in other communities and in other youth projects and people emailing us and, um, you know, we're trying to get the old social media game together. It's, it's hard because um, Youth Pod Ireland is a voluntary piece. We do this on our lunch break and, yeah. you know, we're, we're getting guests together after hours when we've gone home from doing our, our job as youth workers we're networking with people to get them in on the podcast on our lunch break once a week and that can be difficult and um, so it's you know to, to get the social media hustling and bustling is hard yeah but people are coming to us and they're connecting with what we're talking about yeah and that's that's really really nice well that's the purpose. as someone who has suffered with a lot of um, kind of mental health issues and kind of overcome them at times and then revisited at mm -hmm. times as well um, I find it very, very interesting. I'm happy enough that I'm in a good place at the moment, but it's yeah. something that you can uh, always educate yourself yourself on yeah. and to understand people's um, positions, to understand the shoes that they've walked in because mm -hmm. people suffer from mental health, health issues for very, very different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, not always even easy to maybe put a finger on what mm -hmm. caused it or what triggered it. But um, I've had some people in my life that have, have suffered with it, still suffer with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I almost try and take the approach that you have now where I can say, right, well, I know I'm familiar with the, with, with the concept of, of, of probably I've not had it maybe as bad as, as some other people. Um, you know, I've always considered myself to have a pretty strong will and I'm able to kind of get myself out of dark holes, you yeah. know what I mean? But like that again, when you're vulnerable, it can be just one little episode. It could be someone Absolutely. losing a job. And like, how do you come back from that? Do you sit around for a couple of weeks and go, wow, I feel really hard done by there. And you, you could have been hard done by. Mm -hmm. But do you let it affect you to the point where you're going to go back into that dark hole and maybe, I don't know, go to alcohol or drugs or whatever? Yeah. Um, or do you say, right, I'm going to pick myself back up. Yeah. I'm going to get out of this. It's, it's very, very easy for someone to say that to a person. But it's a different story to expect them just to go. Like, you know, it's a very Irish thing as well, I think, to go, ah, what have you to be depressed about? Sure, mm -hmm. what, what's wrong? Sure, you're grand. Do you know what I mean? And it, again, that, that's an education thing. It's not necessarily the mammies and daddies that would have said that to their kids. It's not necessarily that they're wrong. Yeah. It's just a case that that's, that's their outlook on things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I find it, you know, I, I, again, I, I think the stuff, that you guys talk about like I'm going to go through some episodes actually and before you do what I think sure. is fascinating there in, in the, you know what you're saying there is the fact that you know you've mentioned the podcast the Youth Pod Ireland podcast mm -hmm. yeah. and you've spoke about young people and the first context that you spoke about young people in was in the context of mental health and then for the last couple of minutes you gave your own very heartfelt honest and open opinion and ideas around mental health. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, 11 years ago, whatever it is, maybe 12 now when mm -hmm. I started in this sector. Sure. When people spoke about young people, they first and foremost spoke about teenagers causing trouble, mm -hmm. antisocial behavior, yeah. issues with the guards, 
they were the conversations that were being had. And it's, it's a very, very rewarding thing that we have established this podcast and the first narrative that you as somebody with no prep in this interview mm -hmm. and with no kind of, um, you know, background in, in the youth sector. Yeah, sure. The first conversation you went to was a conversation around mental health. Yeah. And that's really, really good. That's yeah. really, really good for us that our brand has created that conversation yeah. and moved on from tired conversations around behavior and criminality yeah. that are equally tired to the attitude you spoke about of, ah, sure, you'll be grand. Yeah. These conversations need to be had. Sure. People need to be given a platform. Yeah. And people like yourself need to utilize the platforms they've created, yeah. like your podcast here, yeah. to move the conversation on yeah. and to allow other people to enter into the conversation. Yeah. So this in itself is, uh, this for me is, has already you know, shown the value of yeah. doing this podcast today yeah. because you've connected with something we've talked about. Yeah. You've talked about it and given your opinion. Yeah, yeah. And that now fuels our conversation and my conversation back to the other podcasters and to our community and the conversations continue and then the next big step is how do we turn conversations into action yeah i mean and i appreciate and thanks for the kind words because it is something that you know I, I get quite emotional about it like i look at um you would have known me during my wrestling career when mm -hmm. i started off when i had one bad injury that i was afraid to even tell people about but i knew it was hurting me i knew it was mm -hmm. bad i knew my back was bad it killed me. And I look back now at what, 19, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. I went down a very dark path, man. Very, very dark path. I got into music. Not that music got me into that, but yeah. I drank a lot more. I didn't, now, I didn't luckily touch wood. I don't really have an addictive personality. So yeah. I was able to drink but not and stop. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I was able to dabble in drugs and stop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Some of the people I know weren't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm here, you know, for them as yeah. well to kind of show, like, look, you can always come out. But, man, depression, and, and, and a lot of people don't know this, and I thought today would be a great platform to have this conversation mm -hmm. with you and be open and honest. I look back with so much regret, mm -hmm. which is funny that you talk about you don't look back with regret. I look back with so much regret and say, my dream was to be in professional wrestling. Yeah. And my mental health stopped me from doing that. Yeah. Because I didn't have the confidence to come back the way I... But to, there's, to, there's, to take the confidence that I had when I started, once that happened, and then I was out of it for so long, all, I, all the questions in my head was, I won't be as good as the lads are now because I've been out of it for so yeah. long. That was it. I was making but there's these, systematic failures there as well. Yeah. And what, it, it is, you know, hindsight is, a, is exactly. a great thing and we can all, you know, wish we had it done better. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, like, um, if these conversations that we have began to break stigmas around and only we've only begun yeah the, the, there's a lot of work to be done but sure. we have begun but if these conversations um had have happened 10 years ago um i think i think the people around you would have been better equipped to help you with that sure. i think you could have gone into a wrestling club a gaa club a school a football camp whatever it is and you could have spoken to your mates yeah. about how you're feeling. Yeah. The conversation could have been tabled. Yeah. And um, people could have been um, empowered to support each other better. Yeah.
that wasn't the case, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But our experience of that and and the hardships associated with that have informed where we're at now. Absolutely. And we have to continue the learning. We have to continue the conversations. And we have to make sure that the generation come true. Yeah. And can, that's can and my story it. there isn't about sympathy or anything. Oh, like no, that. I know. I know. It, it is using an example because, yeah. you know, now I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, if... if, if uh, this DDP yoga helps me. You never know. I might turn up at some club yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> no, Listen, but, that ship has sailed, man. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? yeah, yeah. It would be for a one-off send-off. So yeah, I can yeah. say, right, I put it to bed now. Yeah. Let me have one more, more yeah. one more moment. Like Rocky Balboa coming back and getting his yeah. license just to get in once more. No, but I mean, it's... But what I feel is that my education on the process of, um, of how we, we learned their craft back in the day... I feel that I can speak about that a lot better on this kind of platform. Yeah. Um, to young guys and girls, I could give yeah. them advice if they wished to take it um, because I feel that we were very, very privileged um, to be trained by the best. Mm -hmm. um, and that sticks with you regardless. You know, you don't need to be able to use your body to show that, mm -hmm. but you can, you know, you can articulate it. But also to take experiences that I may have had in terms of, um, the issues that I just spoke about yeah. there, you know, the depression of it all, and maybe give someone voice on that side mm -hmm. of things and say, no, 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 don't let that hinder you. Talk to someone. Yeah. Talk to someone like me. Talk to someone like you. Talk to someone like anyone. And that doesn't go for wrestling. It goes for everything. Yeah. Football. Yeah. Football injury. You know, anything at all. I mean, uh, you, you, listen, you talk to, um, to our mutual buddy, Davey Lockman, um, which, you know, some of the, the topics he mentioned aren't too dissimilar to what I'm talking about yeah, now yeah. with his injuries that I never knew he had either. Yeah. And not a lot of people knew I had them because you kind of just step away from it and don't really kind of talk about it, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, it, it, it goes for, for everything and anything. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's a job, whether you're, you know, your, your, your confidence is affecting how you do your daily work. Yeah. Um, if your employers don't know it's affecting you, Absolutely. And they can't help. Me Mental health is health. Health. And exactly. if you had a, a, a health issue or concern that didn't relate to how your, your mind functions, um, you'd have no problem tell going into your employer and saying, do you know what? Um, I broke my rib. I fell off my bike. I broke my rib. I can't, I can't work this week. Yeah. And yet we seem to still have this problem of going in and going, do you know what? I don't feel so good. And it's, it's not the kind of manageable can't feel good. I don't feel so good as in I, I'm not functioning. I, don't, I, yeah. I do not function. Yeah. And, you know, I, I need some help with that or I need some recovery or I need to do a bit of work on that. We, we don't treat it um, the, the same way. Um, but maybe we're getting there. But there's such a pressure on everyone to perform. And what I mean by that is perform even in their home life. Ah, yeah. You've got to have money to keep the bills coming in. So therefore, a lot of times it can get put to the back, put it on the back burner. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, there's a stigma for people where they're afraid to go and see maybe a shrink as they yeah. call it or whatnot. Because it's like, in Ireland, that's not really... Again, it's very new. Yeah, It's happening, it's begun, but it's still very new and there is still a stigma. With a, a, maybe an alpha male stigma sometimes too. Mm. I'm not going to talk to someone to pro you, you know, yeah. my problems in a room or whatnot. Um, whereas in the States, it's a regular thing. Yeah, but that all needs to be deconstructed. Yeah. And you need to look at the whys. 
Yeah. And, you know, the conversations need to be had. Yeah. And um, again, like if, if the likes of these podcasts can start the conversations, then if they're an invitation yeah. to, to get people saying, well, why is this? Um, you know, that's not what I want. I want that to change. And then, as I say, when you start moving to action and you say, right, I want that to change, but I'm going to do something to help that change. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, then you're making progress. And, and that's ultimately... I, I, I think anyone that has a platform should should use it a little bit to yep. to start those conversations or to or to, to incite action. Yep. And it's not just about mental health. In in anything, anything. you care about. Yeah, in anything. anything you care about, don't be a commentator. Yeah. Be a participator. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And that's that's where I stand on it. And um, life is so, so short. Have a kid. Have a kid and you'll quickly realise how short life is. Yeah. And and every every minute and every every hour is extremely precious. So use it. Yes. Don't be a passenger. Do not be a passenger in life because um you know it's it's what you make it and it's it's the opportunities you take and create and it's the actions you put into place and it's you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit around and, and, and wait for, for something to fall into my lap that's yeah. going to make me happy. I'm going to create my own happiness. I'm going to make the, or, or yeah, incite the changes I want to see. And if failure happens along the way, I'm, I'm constantly learning how to accept failure and, and to empower myself from failure yeah. and to just treat it as another thing that happens in my life. But, um, you know, time is, is fleeting. Yeah. And you, you just got to, you, you got to not be a bystander in life. Well, so. anything, just going on that, like anything that has, you know, and I'll, I'll put in inverted commas here, like falling into someone's lap or they got lucky with this or they got lucky with that, nine out of ten times it's because they put themselves in a position to create As I always say, like I, I've been told so many times this year, um, you know, you're so lucky, like with the opportunities that came up in comedy, going back to the comedy, and I think it was Norman Wisdom, I think, um, one said, uh, people call me lucky and it's funnier. The harder I work, the luckier I get. And I love that quote. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, opportunities might fall into your lap after you've been chipping away and chipping away and chipping yeah. away at it. But you know what? Life isn't all about these great big successes. <clears throat> no. It's about happiness. It's about going about your daily business and feeling like you know, you're happy to just, to just be, to just exist. Yeah. You exist on your own in, in happiness. And I think, you know, to, to get that, to garner that, it has to come from value, from having value in yourself, from other people value, valuing you yeah. and for, for you feeling valued and for you or from you valuing other people and other things. And, just, you know, just apply yourself with that logic. Just get up in the morning and apply yourself to the day and apply yourself to your actions. And, you know, I don't... I, that might sound philosophical, but I think it's actually the polar opposite. No. Get up and participate no. in life. And, um, you know, I, I, I think 90% of the things will work themselves out. And the ones that aren't, the ones that aren't working themselves out, reach out, talk about it, mm -hmm. and get, the, get what you need yeah. so that you can start participating again. Yeah. I agree. Like, I mean, I've noticed even sometimes in life where if I was in a particular segment 
in, in, in my life. Yeah. Where I noticed a trend in work, for example, I don't think those people like me. Right. I go, oh, well, fuck them. Do you know what I mean? I'm me. I don't give a shit. But then if you notice it happening in different situations, I don't think they like me. Then you have to, I, I, I'd ask myself the question then, is there something maybe I'm doing an attitude where I'm maybe not being myself? And that's the unlikable trait. Whereas yes. when I'm being myself, I'm actually quite likable. Do you know what I mean? I think the biggest thing there, and you know, I don't mean to provide counsel here, but I think the biggest there, the thing there is you're projecting and you're, you're anticipating what somebody thinks about exactly. you. And I, I've said, reach out, I've said, uh, the importance of communication. Yeah. If you think somebody doesn't like you, yeah. and that's, that's affecting you, yeah. ask them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not saying that that's me. No, now. I know. I'm, I'm just I saying, know. if, if anything yeah. that you've run into In that like, situation, like that. Ask, yes. ask that question. Straight up, yeah. Be, uh, you know, yeah, and yeah. look, you know, you came through wrestling with me, and yeah. I think one thing you wouldn't argue against is, be it to my benefit or be it to my detriment yeah i would call a spade a spade sure and if that meant being abrasive and if that meant back in the day falling out with people or knocking heads with people or whatever you call a spade a spade yeah now i'll give you that with with time i've i've learned that empathy and sympathy and and um you know i won't say good manners but like just (laughs) just understanding that we're, we're all doing our own thing, we're all on different journeys and we're all in different places, yeah. that can help as well and that, sure. that's something I've learned. But I'm still a very, very honest person. Yeah. Whether that's a likable thing or not, it's, it's what I am. But in being honest and in being open and in communicating, one thing I can say is daily, at least I walk around with the facts. Yeah. At least I walk around with the knowledge. And then any choice I make after that is based on fact. Yeah. So if I was a person in that make-believe scenario you, you presented there, sure. if I'm a person walking around and I'm saying, I wonder, does that person like me? I wonder, do they think I'm acting this way because of that? My, my take on it now is if it bothers me that much, I'll ask the question. Yeah. And then when I have the good information, then I can choose how I'm going to react. Yeah. To that information yeah but at least not, I'm a, just not like your head <laughs> but at least yeah <laughs> at least know? with communication at least with, with knowledge at least then i'm empowered yeah in, in my choices going forward so you know often we we go around and we create to be honest a narrative in our head that's as complex as a true crime netflix series yeah. we, we we overthink things and we we, we put all these scenarios that we have fights that haven't happened in our head with people yeah. we haven't seen in yeah. three, four weeks and we project all these things and, and that's part of our evolution as animals. Yeah. It, we, we are first and foremost programmed to survive. Yeah. So we will project what could potentially cause us distress and harm yeah. and, and compromise that survival. So that comes with no judgment when I say we do that. We're all guilty of that. Oh, it's defense mechanisms, yeah. But when you can learn to step outside of that mode of thinking and start um, immersing yourself in the reality of your situation mm-hmm. and being informed with facts and good information and, and learning to choose how you use that information, I, I think you can be in a better place for it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Spot on. Um, 
I couldn't agree more, to be honest with you. I think um, moving on to some of the like the the episodes to me that stood out. Yeah. That maybe people, if they wanted, uh, I don't know, to take my good judgment and uh, go and start off with. <laughs> um, I mean, the top one that I had there was the mental health episode. Yeah. We've, we've spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. Um, one that really stood out to me, and my partner, actually, we listened to it. We actually sat there, and you'll be happy to know that uh, my Rachel, if I can call her my Rachel, yeah. um, was nodding in agreement. Right. It was the state examinations one. Okay. Um, and I know that was only kind of like a mini episode type thing. Yeah. But um, some very, very good heated debates on that one too. Right. Um, with a man that I know very well as well, Mr. Paul Tracy, when he was kind of, he made some very, very good points, but then him and Jamie were, were kind heads. of putting heads. And yeah. I, I know Jamie as well. And yeah. Good friends with his brother, Dan. Um, yeah, like, but, but, the, but the conversations that they had were both right. They were both right in the points that they were yeah. making. Um, I, I won't dwell too much into the episodes and dissect them because yeah. I do want people to go back the, and listen to them. Ultimately, in all the episodes, whether we have a disagreement or not, um, it's, on we're, the table. We're, yeah. we're, it's on the table. We talk about it. Yeah. And when we walk away from it, there's no judgment. I, I don't change my opinion yeah. of my fellow podcasters. No, no. They, they can say something that I totally disagree with. Yeah. And when we walk away, we have a bit of lunch. We crack on with our job. Yeah. And their their opinions at the end of the day exactly do you know what I mean um, I, I, I agree but that is for me that was a great one and I think there's a lot of really good points in it that that, that need to be listened to yeah. and acted upon really mm-hmm. do you know what I mean um, I think what you're saying here is so true because if it's something as small as a little podcast starting out you know in a in, in a in a youth club in Bray but it's blossoming into something that is going to Portugal, it's going yeah. to, to the States, it's going to England. Eventually, enough people will listen to it and start to talk about it. Hence, we're talking about it on my podcast yeah. now, which is primarily, I don't know, if you want to call it a wrestling or pop culture podcast, we're talking about it. Yeah. And who's to know that someone that may have never heard your podcast before will now go and listen to it? Yeah. And it's just going to extend and extend. But then the next thing is... Action. Action will then have and, to be put into place. Exactly. Our, our, our podcast, we don't just start conversations. We take action. Exactly. And three of the biggest initiatives that I'm working on in my day job at the moment all came from conversations that were started on the podcast. Well, that was going to lead me into yeah. two very important ones because um, Scotty, who's a mutual friend as well, Scotty O'Neill, yeah. um, he was very open and honest and frank yeah. about his, his drug and alcohol. Maybe his alcohol. Yeah, and, um, alcohol addiction. Alcohol was his yeah. main addiction. Yeah. He just dabbled because it was part of the process. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, Scotty, fellow Chelsea boy as well. I know you love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was very, very open and honest about that. I think that's a very important podcast for someone that's... I'd argue that his supporting of Chelsea may have turned him to alcohol. It's done it to me, to be uh, fair, yeah, on yeah. many occasions. We'll see what Scott feels about that. The next time I see him, I'll ask him. Yeah, maybe that's, that's something that's we need to... That's the question I missed on the podcast. Maybe that's one for you to grab if you... If you nab him as a guest. Maybe you could, uh, maybe we could do a Dynamo's Dozen episode and you can take over it and host <laughs> yeah. it and ask questions. Ask the awkward questions. Awkward you questions know I mean? to yeah. say, yeah. so Ian, are you starting to find that you're gravitating towards alcohol yeah, more and yeah. more? <laughs> um, one which was really cool, which I'd say you, you well, oh, there's no, there's no, obvious, no doubt about this, 
that you took pleasure in was, was doing one with your dad as well. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a great one for me yeah. because I'd obviously known your dad, you know, growing up around yeah. the scene. Not known him well, but, but always very, very courteous man and, like, stop yeah. and have a, have a chat with you. I've seen him back in the day on nights out, wouldn't be drinking. Yeah. But, you know, he'd always have time for you to kind of stop yeah. and ask how you are. And it's just a very, very friendly and familiar face around the community. Yeah, Bray. absolutely. And anyone that knows will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so I'd say that was pretty awesome. And, and Huge. Great insight my, to the my, man yeah, as well. My yeah, dad, my dad's obviously my best friend. Yeah, um, which is an amazing thing yeah, to hear. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It really is. is yeah, um, Anyone that knows me knows that. How does your wife feel about that? Because um, I always have to uh, say listen, Rachel's my best listen, friend. <laughs> yeah, well, look. No, it's my, true. My, my dad treats my wife like um, like his daughter. Yeah. Um, my dad and my wife have an amazing relationship. My children, um, they're the babysitter they want every time is my dad. Yeah. Um, if he, I, I collected my kids from the school the other day. Um, I got 10 minutes off to run up to the school um, from work. Um, on my lunch break and my dad happened to turn up as well and when they came out the school door they ran straight to my dad I was like <laughs> cheers um, yeah, but do you know that. what do you know what um, 25 years ago in the same school opening the same doors I ran into his arms as absolutely well absolutely amazing um, yeah. it, the relationship has only got stronger with time yeah. he's me, me me best mate and um, we have very similar interests um, he still comes to all my gigs so mm-hmm. he he went to every wrestling show. He goes yeah. to every comedy show. He's held in, in very high regard in the comedy community. Anywhere I go, people ask me where my dad is, if he's not with me, or yeah. if he's with me, they, the, the comedians treat him as, as an equal. And, um, you know, from a, he came from a youth work background as well, um, which was interesting to explore, yeah, with a very different approach and ideology to things. Yeah. Learned a lot from him over the years, but like, it doesn't take a podcast like this or my own podcast or any other platform for me to tell my dad how I feel about him. He knows full well, like, yeah. you know, me and my dad are, uh, we're, we're inseparable. And I just hope that's something that I can then um, pass on to my kids and have that relationship yeah, with my own children. It's a beautiful thing. And it's yeah. the way it should be. It's a beautiful thing because it's uh, like when you get to my position where you're living, you know, 12 miles away yeah. from your dad and not getting to see him yeah. as much as you like, I actually found it. You see, me and my dad, actually, we always butted heads but we were like brothers. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, that's a beautiful thing as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We both follow the same football team. We can never agree on who is the better player and stuff, yeah, but yeah. that's good because it, it, it's, it's it the flip side of it. Of it creates it conversation, but I can... Good I relationships can, aren't centered on you agreeing on everything. No. Good relationships are being comfortable in your disagreements. Exactly. Hence what you said about your, your podcast yourself, yeah. you know, your friends Absolutely. and stuff like that. But I'm the same. I look at my dad as my best friend and my hero. You know, yeah. I used to look at, uh, I, I said something, I'll give a little, uh, a little one away here. I remember sending my dad a text message which made him cry about, right. about two years ago. I said, it's funny, I'm at a stage in life now where I'm in a relationship, because I was never really a relationship yeah, guy, yeah. as you know, you know what I mean? I was a little rock star in my own head, you know? Um, but when I did find comfort and peace and a relationship with somebody like that, I could say, yeah, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person. Yeah. You kind of look at the other relationships around you then because yeah. you're more at peace. It's okay to cry, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. okay to... Cry at a sad film. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still happened to you, Adam? Well, we, we discussed that on the podcast. Anchorman, you know what I mean? Um, just... <laughs> I, we discussed on the podcast not being emotional, and I, I mentioned that I never cried at a song or a movie in my life. It's just not something I did. And shortly thereafter, my I... I lost my granny ju- just under two years ago, um, 97 years of age, and I was incredibly close to her. And, um, you know, I spent most of my summers in my granny's house uh, with my cousin and for a time with my brother and stuff like that. And uh, so she passed away um, just just under two years Sorry ago. Here, and uh, <laughs> I went to a movie after doing the podcast, even at her funeral. Yeah. I, I actually, I read a eulogy. Um, and I held my shit together and I walked out at the end of the, the whole service and I went to my car and cried yeah. rather than cry in front of people that's the way I was yeah. And um, but movies and music and all no I, I generally don't but I said that on the podcast and a couple of weeks later I went to the cinema with my kids and is this my an exclusive now? <laughs> and I don't know I don't know if I've said this on, the pod, uh, on our own podcast I, I might have done but we went to see um, Coco, okay. the Disney movie, right, which is right. about um, Dia de los Muertos, the, uh, the Day of the Dead yeah. uh, in, in Mexico. And there's this day where um, you can reconnect with lost family members who live in the other world. And all. Beautiful film, lovely message, great family values in it and all. But there's a, a little granny in it, a little old granny in it. And she reminded me so much of my own granny. And she's... You know, without giving anything away about the film, she's very much centre of the narrative of the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. And at one point in the film, I looked to my left and two of my daughters were crying watching <laughs> the film and my eldest flopped into my arms and for the first time ever, my eyes filled with tears. Wow. And my wife was like, about the youngest girl, she needs to go to the bathroom. And I was like, I'll take her. I needed to get out of there before I actually lost my shit. Like, so. Look, That's brilliant. Yeah, if I, I'm probably the older I get and the more in love I am with, with, with my family, probably, um, excuse me, I'm, I'm probably getting a little more emotional. Um, but. Um, I say that with, with zero shame, you know. No, I mean, it's, same it's great. with me. Same with me, man. I went through my whole twenties, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I could be very headstrong as well, and I put up a bravado. I would never cry, never cry. Yeah. Even at funerals, yeah. but like that, I would do it on my own. Yeah. I'd do it on it. my own. But now I'm just. I'm, that's I'm, okay. Some people want to maintain a little bit of a, a dignity or whatever yeah. if they like, and that might be a cultural thing or whatever. Yeah. But it's just important that individuals are in tune with why they they you know process their their grief or process even their emotions yeah. why they do it in the manner that they do it and whether that's healthy for yeah. them or not and you know if they if they're comfortable enough yeah. having a, a cry in solitude so be it yeah. but if they're not that's where we need to again yeah, you know have yeah. these conversations and even just have them with ourselves challenge ourselves to make sure that we're doing the best we can do for yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I've become terrible, man. Like, it's so funny. I just, like... And I don't even know why I do yeah. it. It's like, I've done it once now. I've nothing to hide anymore. Yeah. Even with the um, that scene in Step Brothers, when the two brothers reconnect. Yeah, and they, yeah. they go back to the bit with the kite and everything. Right, and then yeah, it's that yeah. awkward yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. I actually cried during that. Yeah. And I remember... Someone go, why are you crying? I was like, I don't know. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. of like me and my brother or something. Yeah, I don't it know. just opened up the <laughs> floodgates. Like, yeah. But uh, no, going back to the text, I sent my dad a text and it was weird. 
I just started writing this and I remember the exact location and moment yeah, that I started yeah. writing it. It came into my head and I was like, wow, I'm in a really happy place. Yeah. Like, I'm, there's nothing at this moment of time that, you know, can take, take it from me. Like. Yeah. And I wrote, I started writing a text and I said, when I was young, and you know this, when I was young, I thought my heroes were the likes of Bret Hart or a yeah, footballer yeah. Or, or a musician, you know, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is still a hero and not just because of the boxing, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But, I was writing this and I said, when all along in front of me, you are my hero. You've yeah. always been my hero. And I actually got emotional uh, right. sending it. Yeah. And it was just out of nowhere. And he just, he wrote back and he was like, man, he goes, you literally had me at a dinner table here with my partner in tears. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make yeah, you yeah. cry, but, but that's the truth. And, yeah. and, and it's a father figure. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. It's, it's, so it's a, it's a lovely... If you, if you think it, say, share it. Yeah, you know, positive make words. Day. Yeah, make positive words day. aren't shared enough. So make someone's Amazing. day, man. Put a put a smile on someone's face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it, if it's real. Yeah. Um. Another one. Another hero of the community. That you, uh, someone that along with my father and Fergal would yeah. be someone I would consider a mentor. Yeah. Would be Dermot Daisy O'Brien. Uh, that was yeah. a, a special episode for me. Yeah, I look yeah. there Daisy will come back on the podcast. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have him on soon yeah, myself. He, but we'll talk about different things. I won't steal yeah, your yeah. your ideas. It's no, we've we've worked with Daisy you know, as long yeah. as we've been here. Great relationship with him. Yeah. Um, you know, very like minded individual. Yeah. Um you know, I've I've no problem in saying he's shaped a lot of my thinking in, in youth work. Um and he would be my go to person. If, if I really was, you know, in a rush in terms of something that presents in the youth sector, I like picking his brain. I think he's got a wealth of knowledge yeah. and I think he's made an impact, um, a meaningful, tangible impact on so many people's uh, lives, particularly young people in our community. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, to have him on the podcast was a, a no-brainer when we founded the podcast and we started talking about guests yeah. because... In our pilot season, before we actually went on to the, the main platforms for podcasts, um, we, we basically dumped a load of content on Archive, and we did this pilot season. They were all discussions just between the four of us. Sure, yeah. No special guests. Yeah. Uh, we just, we trash out three or four topics in an episode, give each of them 15, 20 minutes, and that was it. But when we moved on to the, the platforms, we talked about bringing in a guest and refining it down to one topic per episode. First guess that we said was was Daisy. Of course, made you sense. Know? Made sense. Yeah. No, like definitely, and I mean that wholeheartedly. And I'm not just saying that. There's three people that have helped shape my life: my father, Virgil, and Dermot. Mm-hmm. They're three people that, and even it doesn't necessarily mean that they were with me all my life, but just moments, just yeah. situations where they've helped give yeah. a piece of advice that completely changed my yeah. outlook you know um, and yeah that's it's, it's, it was a phenomenal episode it was great to great to hear uh, how, what makes the man tick because yeah. he's quite quite a legend in that sector do you know what I mean yeah. he's been doing it for so long like I mean when you think about my first youth club and summer project was with, yeah. with, with the man and he's still doing it and he, still was, he was pretty much in, in our town he was the first full time employed youth worker sure yeah you know I mean, mean and then you had Paul around there as well becoming a leader watching his development too and mm-hmm. to see you guys you know almost um, 
I suppose, freshening it up and creating more, you know, yeah. opportunity. Oh, yeah, I think that youth work is completely different now to what it was, oh, um, you know, a decade or more Oakwood ago. Oakwood was our go-to. Did you ever go to Oakwood? Yeah, we still Oakwood, do. Yeah. You still go to Oakwood? We still do. That's awesome. Yeah, it's they, great to know it's still there, they, man. They, ha- they hand over the keys. It's a new building, but they hand over the keys and there's no staff up there. And yeah. You have the run of the place and undivided attention, no no tech. It's yeah. a great location. So yeah, still going. First kisses and all up there, just saying nothing there. There's lots well, of that messing yeah. around. There'll be none of that on my watch. <laughs> That's why I'm, that, on my that watch. was a hint for you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Keep away, keep oh, watching. You don't need to worry about that. Keep watch. You don't need to worry about <laughs> none of that on my watch. Yeah, I've heard uh, I, I love sometimes the dynamic um between you guys when uh when you talk about like your daughters now, because if I ever have a daughter I'd probably be the exact same as you. Listen. Listen, um, it's, it's, there comes a point in time where you take off your youth worker's hat yes. and you just go full-blown dad. Yeah, and, and that's there's, it. there's a streak in me. Well, God a bless streak the, in me that very seldom comes out. But God bless, I would say this, God bless the, 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 the first ever boy that shows up at your door. There's no doubt about it. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to try and defend <laughs> my position on that. As I say, look, I'm, I, I try to be a nice guy. Yeah. But there, there's that streak and he has... He has sat dormant for a time. Yeah. But, but I, it will I, appear. He will come out it if there's any out. of that nonsense. They can, get, they can get married when they're 21. There we go, man. I agree. I yeah. agree. And this is, uh, I think this should be made a lot. Preferably a same-sex marriage. Yeah. <laughs> the bloodline ends with me. You know? Yes. Yeah. I love it. I haven't begun the bloodline yet, so I'm yeah. going to have to do yeah. that. Yeah. That's 100%. It. Well, Adam, it's been a pleasure, um, as as always. Sounds um, likewise. We'll have to uh, hook up again. I'm going to be doing an episode. The man likes to pretend to be humble, but I'm actually going to do an episode on one person in Irish wrestling that I think deserves a whole episode. Right. And I'm going to try and get um, as many um, different recordings and bits and pieces and conversations that yeah. I can have with him. I think you know who I'm about to talk about. Paddy Morrow. Paddy Morrow, I think, yeah. Um, He's somebody that should be talked about, um, yeah. Because <clears throat> whether people are know it or not, uh, the impact that he's had on, on Irish wrestling and Irish wrestlers, I think, is quite big. He's Paddy's the most um, naturally talented wrestler in the country, and that the country's ever produced for sure. Um, very, very naturally gifted. Um, people mistake his um, athleticism as his gift and it's not no his um his reading of of the wrestling ring his um his ability to work a story into every match his connection with an audience um you know they're they're all uh, unrivaled yeah. all unrivaled um he was a huge player in terms of what was my story i i don't believe in in you know legacy and stuff like that um you know I, Don't I give st- too much away now, because st- I'm gonna have this on a separate one. I, I still, re- <laughs> yeah, I still respect what we were. Yeah, and we were we we were making you know small waves, but important waves that maybe helped. You know that maybe pushed the tide along into the tsunami it is now. Yeah. But we were a little trickle, um. But um, I had a I had a a journey as a wrestler, and and Paddy was a, a foundation stone within that. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he was the protagonist in the story. Yeah. I was the antagonist, he was the protagonist. Yeah. He made me look good in every match that we did, selflessly. He was the deserved 
first champion. But as logistics would have it, or have it, it made better sense, perhaps for the heel, to have the belt for the run that was coming up and always. and so forth. Yeah. So I think I I think I was always in the mix of maybe the top five or six guys in there that were going to get a little bit of a push and going to get a little bit of this kind of you know main event profile or whatever. But I was never the top guy in the company, never ever, never. Um, but I I was just a a, a benefactor of circumstance. And yeah. uh, and, and Paddy was the Paddy is the true yeah. NWA Ireland champion. But from a storyline point of view, like I'd still smash him. Oh yeah. And like let's be honest, he could never do a, a wrist lock like you could. No. So. And if you talk about having your send off match as Dynamo, um I'm I'm only due one more wrestling match. And as far as I'm concerned, if I don't step in the ring with Paddy Morrow one more time and put whatever our history is mm-hmm. or was, uh, if I don't put it to bed and have that last match with Paddy, then I can't close off my professional wrestling, yeah. um, whatever it is. Um, I won't say career because I wasn't fucking paid. Well, yeah. <laughs> well we, we, we can both um, say I, that. I won't say legacy because it ain't that big. No. Um, but whatever it was, it was important to me, yeah. and it was important to the people around me. It was um, important to people like me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So and I, I need to, I need to wrestle Paddy one more time. Um, and when this back gets sorted out, I've already lifted the phone to him and asked him for it, and he, of course, he was open to it. Like, but um, well, I'm gonna promote the shit out of that. Yeah, I, I, promotions I, yeah. is gonna. I don't know how I'm gonna go about that, but. I know a few lads in Crumlin that know a few lads yeah, that run yeah. a proper whiskey and all now. So I'm yeah, telling you, yeah, if yeah. I can get any way involved in this, I will. No, well, I don't well, know who I'll have. One more time match. between the ropes with him and and um, you're done. Yeah, and to stare at the lights and put him over the way he should have been put over in the in the first match if it was about natural ability and talent and and um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, just for what he did for Irish wrestling. So yeah. I look forward to hearing that podcast and. That, that can be part thereof, the contributions towards it. Well, you know? there we go. We're going to get a, a few more on that because, yeah, I just think it's something that it deserves to. And it's not to, I mean, it's, it's not like I'm kissing his ass because I'm not in the game from that. Paddy's just, he's, he's always been a friend to a lot of us too. Yeah. He's um, also one of the best guys I've ever, ever yeah. gone for drinks with. Yeah. Every An night, absolute slagging bastard. Every night you go drinking way. with Paddy, there's a story to tell. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And he's just, he's just a little more settled now, they but I miss slipped, those days. They even slipped me a... Uh, they slipped something funny in my drink one day as well. Viagra funny. or I'm something? Walking around with Boner or something? Really? I didn't have it till I went home. It was uh, funny. Yeah. Nice. I didn't get it around the guys, which is a good thing now. I'm yeah. glad that they, they, they've, they told me that because I was like, cool, I waited till I got home. That's all yeah. right. And then I could look at whatever pictures were on my wall. Love it. Smashing. But that, I think a few lads got, got spiked with a Viagra that, Did that they, night. Yeah. Well, so I heard. Maybe they said that to make me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, make me not yeah. feel as bullied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. But no, they were great times, man. And as I say, that will be a great episode. And that will look be a great to. match that I will be. Yeah, hopefully, if I can get this back sorted, we'll uh, we'll do it one more time. Well, we're both trying to get it back sorted, so yeah, uh, such as middle age. Oh, stop! Well, there'll be an open challenge going out to someone. I'm looking at some of those new kids out there who happen to think that they're the best in the biz. Just Uh, if you're going out with a bang, don't go out with uh, one of the new kids. You get you gotta 
just to smack them around you gotta, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you gotta you gotta I'll, go for one of the big guys. I will go for one of the big guys. It's just you know, there's there's a couple of these new kids coming on the show over the next couple of weeks. We're gonna have Scotty Davis and LJ Cleary and some of these guys. So we'll see what way their attitudes are with me on the show or whatever. They're too they're time. too bouncy, man. They're too they're too full of life and they ambition are. and goals and dreams. So I could I couldn't be in the ring with that. I think it's more of an Alexander Dean that I need to get in there with. <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Sean Silt. Danny Dance. <laughs> Danny's actually a good guy. Danny's a good guy for me. He's actually he helped uh, He wrestled for Irish Whip, didn't he? He did. Then he's not a good guy. What the fuck? Come on, get your shit together. <laughs> get your shit together. But I have to thank Danny for the, the Dynamo's dozen logo. He actually went out of his way to, to do that for me. I, so nice. I've already scratched him from the, the inside of my memory. If he's if he's Irish whip affiliated, sorry, I'm sorry. sorry Danny. That ship has sailed. Well, I was a bit of a whore. I wrestled for everyone, so there you go. See, I was just a free agent. That's why I'm going to throw stones at you when you're leaving today. Man of a thousand promotions. You <laughs> <laughs> know there was two in the country. I know, yeah. 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 All the little shitty ones that came involved. DCW, I'm talking about you. They, they deserve, they deserve, yeah, exactly, you never heard of them, exactly. I don't know who that is. Yeah, exactly. But uh, listen, got to finish off with, with your plugs. Um, as I said, definitely 100%, I need to recommend youpodireland.libsyn.com to absolutely Lovely. everybody and anybody. Yeah. And please, you know what, even if you're just going to be pretentious and not listen to it, at least share it, because it's going to be shared, and it's going to be shared to the right people yeah. that will need to listen to it, and that will, uh, will appreciate it. Um, so I thank you and commend you guys on the work you're doing with that particular one because I think it's it's helpful for everybody. So yeah. keep up the good work. And thanks, and and it is important to know. I know it that is. I I um you know I'm on the podcast today with you know the comedy and with the the youth pod podcast now. But you know with youth pod there, there's obviously three other co-hosts there for yeah. every episode, and you yeah. know the 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 conversations can't happen if it's one person talking to themselves. You know what I mean? So. So Paul, Mick, and JB like are um, obviously the other co-hosts, yep. and um, it's important to to acknowledge the role that they play in the conversation because there wouldn't yep. be the arguments without them. You know, big shout out to them. Yeah, it's a Absolutely. it's a team effort. Yeah, just when the other guys show up, I, I see you always have a, a Mick never shows up. Yeah, I always Mick hear never that. Shows up. Always fine. <laughs> never. <laughs> um, and then again, comedy god Adam yeah, not not updated often enough because I'm mortified by that name. I don't know what I was thinking, but even just find me on social media. There's two Adam Burke comedians. One's in Chicago, so don't get me confused with the ginger, long-haired, chicken-holding guy. Yeah, and the, the Irish comedian Adam Burke. But You're the comedy god, Adam Burke. I'm gonna keep saying that. Comedy, You're the yeah. comedy god, ridiculous. Adam Burke. It's ridiculous. But sure, isn't that what comedy's meant to be about? Yeah, but not that ridiculous. <laughs> well, listen, go check, uh, go check Adam out um, if you can. If you're going to be down at the Vodafone Comedy uh, Carnival, I believe it's called, isn't it? Yes, Comedy Carnival. Yeah. Um, that's on uh, uh, October twenty sixth. Correct, it's my uh, show on the Friday, but show. it runs that whole week. You know, from the Monday yeah. before that right through to the Sunday. Um, jeez, like just you, you know, go to VodafoneComedyCarnival.com and check out those shows. Unreal. And as always, as well, you can always catch your shows. Well, not necessarily yours per se, but your uh, Hardy Hard. Your Hardy Hard that yeah. is on every month still. Yeah. Um, Thursday. Thursday. The third Thursday of the month. Third but Thursday. our next show is actually our 10th anniversary show, which happens on a Wednesday night because we're doing a big extended night. And that's the same week as Vodafone Comedy Carnival. Awesome. So I have my 10th anniversary. I have Galway and then I have Bingo Loco 
three days in a row. Well, that is a big And so I am planning on going into a coma on, on the Saturday. Well, look, I do apologize. I know I try, I keep saying to you, I'm going to try and get out to one of these. It's very difficult sometimes with the, of the Monday to Friday, but definitely I will try and make it out to one of them. Um, I look can't make that it. one, unfortunately, because I'm going to be in Orlando, but... That's okay. That it's Orlando gets trump card every time. You know, I mean, take that if you're in Orlando. Quick prediction before I go, actually, because yeah. I'm asking everyone. Khabib. This. Yeah, because I'm gonna be over there for that. That's Saturday week, I do yeah. believe, isn't it? So I'm gonna go to an Irish bar. I'm gonna check that yeah. out and see what it's like. You're going, Khabib. hundred percent. I think personally, there's two rounds. It's a five round fight, but I think it's a two round fight for Connor. Um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't take Khabib out in the first two rounds then history tells me that his cardio is not going to be up to scratch for Khabib K- K- you, know? you know you just got to look at Khabib's uh, record his MMA record 26-0 um, very active um, undefeated yeah. a yeah. great wrestler which is exactly what Conor does a month no. um, he fights bears and you know what I am yeah I'm Irish and I love all these Irish things and I'm proud of where I come from and I've supported Conor McGregor in every fight. I'd love to be wrong. I think it would be great if Conor McGregor won. It would be great for the country. But um, but ultimately, I've been watching MMA since we had to order VHS cassettes yeah. from America yeah. and catch up on shows that happened yeah. three months previously. Yeah. Um, and... I stepped inside the ring with Dan Severn, which yes, not many did. people get to yes, say. Yes, you fucking did. Um, so yeah. MMA yeah. has actually been one of my long-time um, interests. Well, I remember we used to have yeah. some conversations about it back in the day yeah. when we had uh, when we got Bravo first. Right. So this would have been like yeah. when Tito was kind of coming in as the uh, Chuck and, and Randy were popular at that stage yeah. and all. But look, ultimately, I've always enjoyed... Actually, I shouldn't say I've always enjoyed MMA. I've always enjoyed the UFC. That is what sure, I yeah, yeah, I don't, better. yeah, because I'm yeah. not this big indie scene watching MMA nut. I love the UFC because we didn't watch Pancrase and all that. No. We didn't know that it was even. No, you'd watch thing. the odd fight if yeah. it was like, um, yeah, you know, somebody getting their eye popped out of their socket <laughs> or something. Do you know what I mean? But that was all you you watched it for. Yeah. But um, in terms of UFC, this isn't a blow in having an opinion on it. Yeah. Um, I do, I do, I do love UFC and I do love McGregor. Um, I think he's brought it on to a mainstream level. But you have to step away from that. Look at the fight and say Khabib all day long. Okay, so we've got a Khabib. I'm still on the fence and my listeners are going mad at me because I'm saying if Conor doesn't win it in two, then Khabib wins it. So I'm technically being a little bit technical there by yeah. saying that I'm sitting in the fence. Yeah. But if, you, if I have, we'll put it this way. I'm going to bet on both. <laughs> no, you can't I'm going to bet on round two for Conor. Round two knockout for Conor. And then I'm going to re- stoppage round four for Khabib. That's just to make me money, to make yeah. it exciting. But if if I have to pick, I'm gonna say Connor in round two. Purely it might, because it might turn into a very unexciting five round hugging match as well. It is, it has that potential. Yeah. It has that potential. Because I hope it's not that. Hopefully not. I want to see a stoppage because I think both. I want to see McGregor knock him out in the first round. Yeah. Like he did with Aldo. That's what I want to see. Yeah. But I'm predicting I will see. Khabib kind of overwhelm him and you know the cardio being an issue again yeah. him not getting the second wind because of that 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 relentless swamping that Khabib does yeah and just holding the legs and just pressing down on the chest talking to him and um, yeah you know just restricting the airwaves now and, and then it just 
it just getting too much and probably a silly little you know exposing his neck probably a silly little choke or you know what I mean that's what I think is going to happen but man you, you'll hear me yeah. you'll hear me from wherever whichever place you're staying you will hear me if Conor McGregor knocks him out yeah dude. I'd, be, I'd be happy for the win but not Khabib all well I'm going to text you that day well it'll be day for me yeah. I'll text you that day and if you're right you're right if you're wrong Khabib all day long I'll tell you what I'll do I'll, I'll, I'll put a bet on and I'll put the bet and slip online and let you see that I committed to my, awesome yeah to my and I'll do the same yeah. you'll see both of mine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll bring you back a souvenir then either way but listen Adam it's been a pleasure again yeah, thank you very much thank you um, wish much you all the best it. with the with the, the gig in October Sound. and thank uh, you. keep on doing the great work with you Paul Ireland as well thanks Emil right so that is Dynamo and Adam over and out